It's all falling apart. <laughs> Everything. Everything's falling apart? War. Destruction. Shadow King. Teams. Are just, the, the environment. It's all just crumbling. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary indeed. But we love it. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. He's crying today. <laughs> I don't cry, y'all. Because everything's falling apart. I never cry. He never cries. Well, we're talking about this week's new comics. Excalibur number 24. Hellions number 16. New Mutants number 22. And, and a little Infinity. Don't forget that Infinity comic. And uh, right after we record this episode, we're finishing packing up our stuff and we're headed to New York Comic Con. It's Thursday morning, folks, a time that we normally don't, don't record, record, but we both took the day off so we could go to Comic Con today. Usually we record on Thursday evenings. 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 But we got things to do. We got nerd stuff happening. Happening all around us. All around us. Hey, so I got one one bit of news and then one I was going to okay. say some things about Comic Con too. Okay. Our main bit of news is that on Monday, mm-hmm. Marauders Annual Number One was announced for January. Yes, it was. Steve Orlando is taking over writing from Jerry with Chris Lee on art, at least for this annual. We don't know exactly what's coming after this annual, but mm-hmm. it is promising. I think you maybe have sighed several sighs of relief. Yeah, that means it's not over. Right. Because that was goodness. The solicit for December was like, is this their final voyage? Is this and the the covers mirrored the first it was like bookends. Right. Yeah. It's not never a good sign. Don't take my marauders away from me. Right. So it looks like they're doubling down on marauders. I don't know if it's going to restart its numbering or if it's going to continue with where it's at. But we also haven't the full team hasn't been announced, and Emma is not currently listed as being in the book. Right. So in the press release from Marvel, it was Kate Pride, mm-hmm. Bishop. Get it? Psylocke. Of course. Dokken. Yeah. Aurora. Mm-hmm. Tempo. Yeah, baby. And Sumnus. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so Sumnus was introduced in the Pride issue of Marvel Voices. Yeah, I didn't read that one, so maybe I should check that out. And there is potentially the conflicts of a love triangle between Dokken, Aurora, and Sumnus. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so Steve Orlando, the writer, tweeted... And just wait until you see the full, all caps, roster, folks. The full roster. This is big, right? Listen, this... yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping that means that Emma's still involved. She's just I mean, she in was... charge of Krakoa, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said during our, our live the other day. I yeah, think. with the power of X-Men. <clears throat> yeah, I think that, I mean, she's been making those shadow moves in the background. and Moves and counter moves, yeah. Emma. Moves and counter moves. That smirky to me, my X-Men. I love that woman. In Inferno. Uh, this is big because it's the first annual of the Krakoan Age. Mm. Right? So annuals, normally they're separate from the main storyline. They're they're doing their own thing. It's its own It's like a one-off numbering, story. Usually. Or sometimes they've done some crossovers between annuals. Mm. This is the first title announced to be returning after Inferno. Right, so oh yeah, because we don't know what's happening. There's uncertainty Oof. for all the titles, Oof. but this annual at least gives us some hope, and we don't really know what else other than the Wolverine issues mm-hmm. and the Sabretooth story. We don't what, know what's happening. We don't know in what's going to make it Oof. out of Inferno, or what I'm going to be reading in January. Yeah, 
And, and the cover image that was announced with it has Brimstone Love on it, a character from X-Men 2099, which I believe is the only title he's ever appeared in. So that raises questions. So X-Men 2099 happens in an alternate reality oh multiversal madness up in here who knows who knows who knows well they know they know we don't they, know. they don't tell us because they're they have the next big picture the next three years of stories plotted out so if you thought krakoa was going anywhere it's not that makes my heart so happy one just the longevity of it but two knowing that they've planned it yeah right <laughs> and so it's not just willy-nilly storytelling that's hickman's parting gift is that as part of the team and the writers retreats and everything that they've been working on over the last few months is they have a plan and he feels confident about this plan so well, that's good they See? have the the big picture beats maybe what leads into crossovers or where they're going to end at various checkpoints. Mm -hmm. And then the individual writers with their books are going to thread their own storylines along that yeah. way, inspired that, like, by into. and then feeding back into those larger events, which I think is great. That's awesome. Yeah. To have that much of a skeleton plotted out. I love it. It just, I can just literally, that is a sigh of relief. I'm just like, <laughs> ah, people are planning. That yeah. makes me happy. It's, Stories will be connected in some way. Yeah. This is not uh, the Star Wars Please reboot. Don't, we can't go back there. We can't. We can never go back there. So, all right, that was our news. That was our. All of that was our one bit of news. That's a big piece of news, though. Yes, for sure. So, what are the Comic Con things you've got for us to talk about? Well, so today's Thursday. We're going today's to New York Comic Con Thursday. tonight. Yes. This will go up probably on Friday. Yes, we'll be at Comic Con on Friday and Saturday. And we'll be dressed as. Don't. You're not gonna say it now. Why not? You can't say it now. Why not? Because. Because the people that'll be downloading this, it'll already be Friday when they're downloading it. Yeah, but fine. You can say Friday's costume, but you can't say Saturday's costume. Oh, man. I had a whole thing. You had a whole thing? No, I just had an intention. <sighs> okay. I mean, I guess if you actually... All right, fine. If you listen to our podcast, then you'll know, but we're not going to Yeah, you'll post, be on the end. But you're not going to post about it on social media. You're no. going to just reveal it on social media what your costume is because there are right. people who follow us on social media that don't listen to this podcast so those of you who do you're right you're this the is inside scoop creme de la creme right that's what i'm saying okay so, all right oh god oh you were not ready for this i was not ready for this <laughs> i thought it was just being revealed this weekend so okay i mean technically do, it is do your thing do your thing i know you have a plan <laughs> So Friday, Friday, Emma Frost, Emma Frost, the Emma Frost, Emma, Emma, get it, get it, Emma, Emma Frost. We're taking a classic turn mm -hmm. and we as a duo are going to go and mess up a Jean Grey. That's right. We got to find us a Jean Grey because and mess her up. I will be Jason Wingard <laughs> mastermind in my fancy coattails jacket and yes. mutton chopped facial and I have Beard. made a couple alterations to my costume so that I have a little more of that OG Emma Hellfire flair. Yeah. No, I'm excited about that one, especially because it's the more comfortable of my costumes. Yes, that is true. I'm wearing my more uncomfortable costume while Justin wears his more comfortable costume. And then we swap it out on, on Saturday, Saturday as we board the Marauder. <laughs> Now, we did say that there were loose connections between our two character duos. Yes. Captain Kate Pride. The one and only. Bringing Lockheed, who fuels the fire of... Pyro. Pyro. And man, am I excited. I'm still looking at the 
the bodysuit. Let me tell y'all, this is by far the most complex costume I've ever made. Yeah, and it looks great. Yeah. There's like something I'm looking at right now that I want to touch up. The but, little side. where you, Yeah, but you, I feel like when you're wearing the backpack, I can't see that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to uh, touch it up before you. we leave. Yeah. I I cannot wait for you to wear this costume all together. I can't wait for people to see it. It was a labor of a love. A labor of love. I got two pretty severe glue gun burns during the process. Yes. But I'm so excited. I can't wait. So now you all know. Mastermind and Pyro. Yay, I'm a villain. Yeah, Times I'm a two. Villain. Yeah. But in the Krakoan age, everyone's good. Everyone's fine. Or at least everyone's kind of on the same side. Looking at you, I'm out for Rook. <laughs> oh, All right, man. so let's dive into it, right? Let's so getting into those comics. Yeah, yeah. X Men Green. No, no X-Men page Green. turn on this. No but. page turn. Well, we could do like what's like a scroll noise. I don't know. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah. Okay, ready? I have to remember that for next time. Hopefully, I will. But scroll, scrolling noise. <laughs> Right, so we get a follow-up to last week's X-Men Green. I already got qualms. Literally, the opening of this. Yeah. The opening line states, I am the best at what I do, but what I do isn't always nice. And I believe the correct line is, I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do isn't always nice. There's that car alarm again. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's been going off since like two or three hours ago. Yeah, so there's nothing we can do, so... Sorry in advance. I've thought about going over to this person's (laughs) house, but. But anyway, and you know why I remember that so vividly about that particular line is because my dad growing up always used to say, I'm the best there is. And I doubt highly that he ever read an X-Men comic. Yeah. Um, But he always used to say that I'm the best there is. So I know there's a there is in this line and not I'm just the best. Yeah. I mean, I don't have every instance of when it happens, so I don't know if it it changes here and there over time. It might, but I did look up that is some of the classic ones. I'm the best there is at what I do. Mm-hmm. So, qualms. Qualms. But basically, Wolverine, he's going on this little mission. He's got to find her. Nature, Nature girl. Nature girl. Got to get her back. Hold up in a bear cave. Well, spoiler alert, just a cave. So we think, and then... I mean, we're going to talk about what did I spoil it 20 seconds too early. How dare you? <laughs> Hold up in a cave with her new canine dog friend as she is approached by Wolverine, who is not excited about having to fight her dog. No, he doesn't want to hurt a dog. And also, I love when he's like, the wind shift. Yeah. The, the dog, dog caught my scent. Right? Because they're both hunters. Yeah. I love this. So Nature Girl says... There's too much at stake. You know, I'm not returning to Krakoa, not until I've changed the humans. There's too much at stake. Darlin, if they could be changed, they'd have been changed before you arrived on the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Wolverine with his Western. He's just like, kid, let's get out of here. Come on. Gaia needs me, Logan. Who's Gaia? The god of the earth. Oh, I knew that. Oh, okay. And then the reveal. Hey, I'm not. I'm not gonna make you fight my dog. I'm gonna make you fight. I'm gonna my make you fight bear. this giant bear. Who? Yeah. Damn it, girl. Whatever happens next, it's on you. Ah, I love it. I love it. I, yeah. Mm. And just when he realized, like, he's fighting, and he's like, "And 
and I left the keys keys in the motorcycle. Mistake, mistake. I love the size of these books because I feel like I've gotten to know a little bit more about Nature Girl. Yeah. The fact that there's another installment next week, I'm excited about just little bites. Mm -hmm. I think if you added it all up over the course of a month, that might be the length of a full comic, but it is told in little installments. You get this, oh, here's a little more. Yeah, I like that it's different than a regular comic, you know? Right. The bear stops. Uh, Wolverine doesn't know if that's because of Nature Girl telling it or because... Or just because she left Yeah, and uh, released her control. I'll take the road back to Vegas, which I'll take after a little siesta as his innards are, are dripping out of his gut. nap so I can heal myself and then I'll walk and catch <laughs> up with her. And he falls down to the ground in a pile. Oh. They're the team, though. You know, the dog has an out, but they're staying. They're staying together as a dynamic duo, going back to Krakoa to pack up. Dynamic duo. Spoiler alert. Dynamic trio. (laughs) (laughs) So while Nature Girl is on Krakoa, Curse, who is a new Krakoan era edition, who has been added through, I think their first appearance was in Marauders Number 1, when Kate couldn't go through the gate. Oh, is that the kid that yeah, was yeah, laughing? Yeah, on the <laughs> island. That's awesome. I love this. So that's a Jerry creation or co-creation. Yeah. I love what Nature Girl says when she says, I know deep down you have a dark heart curse, but if you come with me, you'll probably end up in the hole way before you would on your own. Yeah. Maybe that would suck, but maybe it would be awesome. Yeah. Let's go do bad stuff together. Or good stuff, just in a bad way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's right intention, wrong action. Yeah, of course. Yep, so. And then we get our, our credits, written by credits. Jerry Duggan, artist Emilio Alasso, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VC's Joe Sabino. Joe Sabino. Yeah, I really like these. Uh, and I read, so I read uh, a couple more of the Infinity comics. There's a giant size Little Marvels, I think is what it's called. Mm. The two-parter that they're in right now is an Age of Apocalypse riff where they're basically playing Dungeons and Dragons and Apocalypse (laughs) is the dungeon master. And it was was actually really fun. That's cool. Um, And I'm excited to see more of it. And the art looks like Scotty Young's art, but I think it's it's actually written by Scotty Young and drawn by someone else, which I thought was interesting. Interesting, interesting. Well, let's dive into those. We got three issues to talk about, so let's get into it. And some driving to do. Yeah, a lot of driving to do. All right, so we're starting with Excalibur. Interestingly, though, let's just talk about this real quick. So you all know that Justin gives me the comics and he puts them in the order in which I should read them. And that is his, you know, least favorite to favorite, basically. And and I will clarify, that is decided before I've actually read the books. Oh, so this is the order in which you read them. Correct. I don't, I usually don't change the order. I go off of cover i go off of where the narrative is currently any preview pages i've read or any solicitation texts that i've read so you were more excited about new mutants than hellions i was which is surprising to me because hellions is like your favorite hellions is one of my favorite titles yes but i don't want to get too into it but i felt like we got the big we got the thunder in last issue of hellions Mm -hmm. and we're building to the thunder in new mutants and i feel like that's why and, and New Mutants has been on the ups in my mind in terms of overall quality of title. Oh, yeah. New Mutants Ever since Vita has taken over yeah, and, and Rod Reese on art. Uh, the, all... been, yeah, right. The art is just spectacular. Whoa, I can't. Do okay. you agree with that order? Because um... I, I, I'll tell you, 
I looked, it was Wednesday morning, and I was looking at these two covers, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Gut feeling. What do you think? You know, you gun to your head. Go with your Make gut. a choice. I don't know, only because Emma. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, but anyway, let's We're talk about, about Excalibur. Excalibur first. All right, so first let's talk about this cover of Excalibur. I don't know why I love this cover so much. I do too. I love it. I, I love Mahmoud Azrar. He's the cover artist on this. I just love the like... Game of Thrones it's vibes. Ju- it just gives me so many feels. Yeah. It's just so like, ooh, these guys Creepy as all hell. Yeah. The spilled super. chalice that looks like blood and these yeah. terrifying vampires behind them. Just the way he's like starting to caress her neck. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Let's get into it. Page turn noise. For with Arthur was none other life but war and strife. And with Sir Mordred was great joy and bliss. Mallory's Le Mort de Arthur, which is a prose reworking of Arthurian legend and history by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a real book. You looked this up. I did. And this is a real quote from a real book. I Cannot confirm that. I did not have Cannot access to deny. the book, but I would assume if that if they're quoting, they're going to quote and attribute it to a real book in history. That that is a it real would in thing. fact be a real book. Wine time. I when I was reading this, when they're like, "This is wine. It's not blood." Yeah. And when she was I don't like about you. to take a sip, I was like, mm, "Is it blood? Is it mutant uh, blood? I feel like it's mutant blood." I don't believe you at all. And let me tell you, I've told you this. I hate when twins do this back and forth talking thing. It creeps me out, especially. When they look like vampires. Like finishing their sentences. And it's not even finishing each other's sentences because the sentences don't end. They're just, I'm going to say a little bit and then you're going to say a little bit. And then I I'm going to say, it. like, did they rehearse this? No, they don't need to. They have one mind. I don't like that. Twin connection. It's like all the kids r- waking up and being like, oh, you know what? We should do a murder prom. <laughs> murder crucible oh goodness gravy betsy wants answers slams the table betsy wants answers and she's just like i don't know this whole this whole scenario this whole scene was very interesting to me it was like very calm it definitely was game of thrones vibes. yeah so game of thrones yeah so they're referencing the assassin from last issue that tried to attack their group in avalon she thinks that they're attacking her or their group and also, they throw in some digs about how hated mutants are on Earth and now throughout other world. Yeah. It's just a common theme that mutants, they're just hated wherever they go. We don't like them. She gets really excited about the fact that death is there. Oh, my God. Well, she doesn't say that yet. Do we know who she's going to go meet? Yeah, yeah she we just do. said there's someone I want to see. Someone here. Yeah. So, as... Oh, of death. Okay. Yeah, here in Sevalith, we have made a courtier of death. By I... God, you do. Countesses, if we're through with this wine course, there's someone here in Sevalith I'd like to visit. I feel like that is a that is a subtle clue that maybe you got after you reread it, but I didn't realize that they meant actual death well, until it was, it was the capital D. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Context tips clues. me off. Yes. And then the fact that we see death later. Yes. On. Title page: The Trial. Of the Captain's Britain. By the pleasure of the court. Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Marcus Toe. Color art by Eric Arseniega. And letters by VC's Ariana Maher. Digging back in. Okay. So 
let's just talk for a second before you get all frazzled and angry. No, I'm not okay. frazzled or angry okay. at all. Because I was like, oh, look at this. We got a Gambit page. We got a Jubilee page. We got the team or double pages. We got the team, not just Betsy, because I will say when the book first started, as I was reading the first few pages, I, all I heard in my mind was, it's, a Betsy it's book. the Betsy show. It's the Betsy show. Look at it. It's Excalibur, but it's the Betsy show. Is this me? Is this my voice? That's your voice. Oh, God. That's your angry, your angry Voice. In comics. Your angry Italian lady, New Yorker voice. Oh, I'm getting into it's character. It's the Betsy show. All right, anyway, but Gambit. This. Gambit, Gambit. This is the highlight of Gambit's story in the book right here. Okay, but here's what I, I recall you being upset that you were like, I don't want to see Gambit just basically like gambling and being a trickster. Like, I want to see him actually do stuff. Because this. So, last issue. Yes. He goes off on his quote unquote side mission. Yes. That was not anything and did not do anything. This sets up some conflict between Jim Jaspers and Gambit specifically. This has more narrative weight to it than okay. just a throwaway of oh, I'm gambling and then something blows up and then it brings us back to the the other one was just give them something to do while yeah. Betsy and Doom do the actual narrative of the book. This is a plot thread for Gambit, and it plays off his strengths as a thief, as a wheeler as a and dealer. Swindler. Yeah, just smuggling in treats from Earth to other world. I know you're not doing unauthorized sales in my world, Gambit. Yeah, and I just know you're not. Oh, but I am. Oh gosh, this assassin right back to Jasper's. This was great. More of it, please. He's got a thing to do. He's got actual dialogue and the look on his face. When he gets turned into a little French maid. What What are you doing, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite panel of the book. Well, no, that's a lie because there's so many good art panels later on. But just, ah, oh, the look on his face and just <laughs> he gets turned into this little maid. Oh, man, he's so upset. Change it back. You think you're funny? No. Yeah. Nothing said funny anything about, it. about funny. Yeah. I love it. This flex from Jasper's as he lays down the law in his this market. It's like, if I, if I want tea, I can just I'll make it. Make tea. I can just make okay, whatever Gambit. I want. And I love at the end Gambit talking about how mutants are basically going to get kicked mutants. out of other worlds. And he's like, no, no, no. That's only if you're poor. And I, my dear, am rich. Yeah. That's a little, it's true. <laughs> and then, ouch, got to go. And Jubilee. I mean, so to your point earlier, this was not the Betsy show, right? It no. was it was rooted in Betsy's story, or at least she's leading the charge of what's going on. And as she should, she's the captain. Mm -hmm. But this had threads for everybody. Yeah. I will say, though, that I know people talk about Jubilee, and I feel like all I've seen of Jubilee is her be like, a my mom. baby, my yeah. baby. 100%. And I haven't seen Jubilee, like, she barely uses her powers. Like, I haven't seen her be Jubilee. I've just seen her watching the development of her son which gives me some excitement that we're potentially going to give shogo something to do so that jubilee can shine without him yeah this whole conversation in the floating kingdom of romopolis regina yes basically the gist is your son would do better and thrive here with us and the dragons yeah and he Boy wants to be a dragon. Just let him be a dragon. He's got the Every imagination. Every time you keep him as a human, he's diminishing his dragon power. He gets sad. 
about how he's getting older and he's losing his chance to be a dragon. I wonder is like our dragon years less than human years because he's not that much older, you know? Yeah. Or is it like if he doesn't stay a dragon by a certain point in his life, then he can't be a dragon anymore. I think it's because of the fact that as he ages in human years, his imagination will dwindle. Or at least that's what they're saying. Like he's losing that time, that ability to become a dragon. Mm. In, I think there's oh, a quote. Oh, his imagination. Because that there's a quote. Sense. Yeah, there's a. Although, like, I don't think by the time he's two years old, he'll have lost his whole imagination. I'm, yeah, once you start talking, your imagination is gone. That's it. Yeah. All well, children. These days, you get a cell phone so that. At two? <laughs> Listen, not our child will never. All tr- children have the potential to dream themselves into magic in Otherworld, but Shogo is as bright and creative as any I've ever seen. I imagine being raised among you and your brilliant kind made him that way. But every day he spends in the real world, with its staleness, it ages him. He loses this strength. It is why he cries there. He can feel his time of power slipping away. That's really cool. That's like a really cool concept. Yeah, it's it's a great, deep way of... Giving him a story. I mean, he almost has more story than Jubilee has had. He does. I know he, he does. He has this entire time. As and this, he hasn't said any words. As this reality melting powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 Jubilee's not leaving him just he's yet. He's not ready for him to no. stay in another world. Yeah. She, 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 can't, she can't take it yet. But it might be what's best for him. Either way, it's not today. Not today. We do on those pages get a reference about the impending war in Otherworld that yes. is mentioned throughout the book. And then... We got some guest appearances. We got this te- this little this little friends of the team. Yeah. Richter and his little friends. Richter is boyfriend or Yeah, yeah. But also Bay. But also Bay, yeah. <laughs> Bay. Exploring the former province of Dryador. So Dryador was the first section of Otherworld to fall during Ten of Swords. Right. And it's interesting that they're saying like not even the things that would thrive after being burned are coming back. Like this, the land is scared. Yeah. And that was really cool to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just just this trio. Yeah, they're just like, they're fun. And the fact that, so interesting, whenever you get something in these little brackets, that means it's something in another language or, or mm-hmm. you know, Bay's power is that she thrives to be understood but she does not actually speak words. And that's why Cypher, who can, can hear her, yeah. anything, he can't understand her, which I think is ridiculous because that's his power. Right. So they kind of meet at this confusing bridge where no one can cross, but everybody else can just understand what she's saying. Which is crazy because he's married to her. So right. like, how do they... Emotions. I don't know. Anyway. Eyes. With those eyes in the night. And now... The dance with death. I love it. I love that death is always dancing. Yeah. Like even in this battle with Betsy, he's dancing. It's beautiful. I'm here for it. I love it. Betsy's trying to get some information from death about that Sevalithi assassin. And I really like the way that they just change their conversation to telepathically and... It's like completely understood. Death's totally on board with it. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm a mutant too. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed. And mm-hmm. it's like he's not, he's not broadcasting that he's a mutant because he's using that to his advantage, I feel. Not because he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm a mutant. Right, because he's working. Yeah. He's, he's got a mission. He's doing he's something undercover. for himself. Yeah. Honestly, and- this issue read like several issues at once because yeah. of the amount of development that we got for each character, for each duo, for each section of other world there's so much i feel like this is where was this 
It was here the whole time. Uh, I, I've, I, I'm a fan of Excalibur through and through. I am a fan of Excalibur occasionally, occasionally and, and generally enjoy where it's going. But this was a highlight over many other issues. You know, probably, probably since the Malice story and or the, the Betsy Conan story. Mm. Might want to know my favorite part of this issue? Yes, I know exactly what it is. Lady Storm? She remembered me? Is this the romance that Storm can't refuse? Is this... I freaking love it. Yeah. Here for it. Storm and death. Unstoppable. Yeah. I love it. This page where she's got her vampire <laughs> stagecoach. Uh, very which, steampunk vibes. Yeah. Which breed your blood is sweet. None of that. None of that. Let I did say hurry. Let's go. And this page, one of my favorites... I mean, this looks like a poster. Yes, I love it. As the, the entire team, campfire. all almost the entire team, and I, I noticed this throughout the next couple pages. Where's Bay? Bay's not on this page. She's not in a couple other pages going oh, forward. Yeah, where'd she go? Rest well tonight, Excalibur. I don't know what tomorrow at the Citadel will bring, but I know this: we are fighting for our right to be here in other world as mutants. This might be the last night of peace we ever have in the shadow of the Starlight Citadel. Ooh. Yeah. This just looks like a poster. Marcus Toe is killing it. Eric Arseniego with those colors. They're all yeah, over the place. It's gorgeous. And then we get, hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, data page with a twist. The trial of the false Captain Britain. This has Captain's been- Captain's Britain. Captain's Britain, which I think is just fun to say. Yes. This has been building for a while, these fake Captain Britons. There's a As the little editorial, editorial note, note yeah. tells you. Issue 10. So basically, these three are, which I didn't quite get in like the overarching story. And like maybe I just missed it, but that they actually like stole the amulet from the Captain Britain or that's what they're being accused. That's of what they're doing. being accused of. Whether they stole it or they answered the call at the time of need, which is what Betsy's arguing. Yes. They, they stepped up when their reality needed them. And also Captain Britain Prime Betsy Braddock of seat 616. Oh, yeah. Captain Britain Prime. Yeah, that's that's Betsy. That's our bets. That's our bet. Trial, not of Magneto. Trial. Uh, Betsy's standing up to the rules of Otherworld to campaign for these captains. Spare these captains. They've made the right choices in the time of crisis. But then. Commotion. Whoa, whoa, whoa unwanted visitor. Please excuse us. We have to take care of Merlin. Merlin is here and he mad. He's super mad. He's super creepy. These mutants are everywhere and it's ruining my magic time. <laughs> Arthur's mad too. He's outside waiting with the whole crew. Oh, can we just talk about his lion horse? Yes. Yes, that we can. That thing is so cool. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Honestly, there's so much to his crew, his army. We even have the, the Furies. Still, which I just like. So you're cool with lion horses and you're cool with furies and you're cool with these alien robot people and you're cool with wizards. But, what am I not cool with? But you're not cool with mutants. Right. It's the same thing. Right. How well, is it different? Especially when we know now that there are mutants that naturally occur in Otherworld. We have Mordred. Right. Come on now. But anyway... The cat, uh, the Captain Britain Corps—they're fighting it up. And yeah, Betsy's going to parlay, which parlay. I know from Pirates of the Caribbean. Parlay. Excalibur got her back. 
And we fighting now. It's time. Well, well, we're- I do want to point out that so in, in the trial, Bay is not in any of these scenes. Correct. Even in the, the big group, mm-hmm. even in over here, even as they on, on this begin to set their formation to fight. Yep. And then there she is. I was Interesting. Just, I don't know if, if she was just lost or I'm probably making more of it than it needs to be. But I mean, no, it's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. But then we have this. Okay, so here's where I get a little. Mm. Okay, so this entire war is because Arthur is jealous of the mutants. That's kind of. what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying, my son is going to betray me, and it must be because he's going to go be with the mutants who are not me. So in order to keep my son close to me, I need to destroy Murder all of everything. the mutants. Yeah. Well, and, it's a and, little excessive, dude. And honestly, he also denounces Mordred as his son and then draws his sword. Yeah. Right? He's he's no son of mine, essentially, because he's this mutant. He's He's got this X on his genes, on his blood. It's silly. But then we get this epic battle. Yeah. Some harsh words about what's to come if they attack for Merlin. Mm. Arthur is... Called out as being just a man. Ah, mind taker, you call me just a man? I am a man protected by Merlin's charms. Your curses can't addle me. I will water Avalon in your blood. (laughs) Yes. Braddock family's not backing down. No, no, we're all staying. We're all fighting. Brian saying, yeah, I may not be a mutant, but all the people I love are. And then Shatterstar's like, Yes, new friend. <laughs> Let's get it. Yes, Shatterstar is a great addition. I love it. I would not be upset if this was the team going forward. No. Because it's this panel, this last panel on the page, and this panel. that I'm like, oh, wow. And, and even this one, these battle scenes. Yeah, they so just good. look great together as a team. They really do. Yeah, and it's just the all-out war all around them. I love the art. It was just yeah. on point in this issue. The art is Marcus always is always really great, but this this stuck out repeatedly throughout the issue. There's a lot of really good uh, layouts. Too. Yes. So and a lot of good character work. Shout out Teeny. Yeah. We're squaring off. We're ready I, for well oh. this whole thing of like all of a sudden Saturnine's like Saturnine every time I can't say her name whatever Opal Luna Doodle fake Emma she's like. I hate you. I hate you, mutants. I hate you, Betsy. But I don't hate you enough to let Merlin beat me. So. Yeah, right. If you're going to back me up, I don't hate you today. But once you leave, I'm going to be talking smack about you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Woof. So I, Lots I, of information there. Yeah. The one true king returns. That's the Krakoan, huh? Yeah. The one true Simba. <laughs> the one true king. I think that this is the single most connected issue to the rest of the run in terms of pulling together threads that have been there or building in the background, giving equal focus or somewhat equal focus to other members of the team. We have the full cast and some extras doing things that matter throughout the entire issue. Mm. I mean, it was a really good issue. Yeah. Who's the one true king? Arthur. You're telling me Arthur's going to win? Doubtful. Uh, well, he's, he's returned at least. Simba. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this issue. And I wasn't surprised. I love Excalibur. I, I'm just upset because this title is never this good in my mind. And and I feel like it's hitting. It's not never this good. I'll take that back. Yes. Take that back. It hits highs and lows. 
it basically builds up to a high and then stasis to then build up to another high. And I feel like it's, there's so many things. There's so many things in this book that could be threaded together that I feel like are seeded. I don't know if I would assume that this book is coming back. I hope so. Because there's just so much unanswered. You have Unless this like war ends and they wrap things up. But then even still, yeah, yeah, maybe because Excalibur is the connection point to Otherworld and the Protectors. Uh, yeah, that that is what I can't imagine that they're going to introduce something like the Captain Britain Corps and, and not all it. these all these realms of Otherworld and the depth of data oh, pages. Oh yeah, especially like every data page, which is interesting, right? Because you had all those data pages, and I didn't really like absorb a lot about them but then now as each of these realms are coming up like you're sort of getting a little bit more and if you really needed clarification you could I go kind of want to go back and read those data pages but also thinking about it we have england's reaction to krakoa yeah we have malice on the island that hasn't been followed up we have mm-hmm. the return of strike we have so many different threats that i think sorry morgan lefay do all of these things yeah that are potentially able to come all together but but that's kind of what I really like about Excalibur is that it has all these ties to things that are going on other places. But I also can read Excalibur as its own story and it's still meaty mm-hmm. and it's still... It's got its own world. It's got its own world going. It's got its own and other like, world. Haha. And some of the other titles, when they're not fully connected to Krakoa or what's happening on Krakoa itself, if they feel a little bit lacking to me. Yeah. But this has so much to it that there's always story to tell which i really like do you think that arthur is still under merlin's control because as we've seen him in the cages before in previous issue he looked as though he was being yeah i wonder if this like return of the one true king is like arthur breaking out of merlin's control and joining with the mutants to destroy merlin i like that i like that Mm-hmm. Which is your favorite of the other world kingdoms in this issue? So we got Sevalith, the vampires. Mm-hmm. We got the Crooked Market with Jim Jaspers. The Floating Kingdom with all the dragons and the fairies. Dryador, which is just a ba- barren wasteland. And the Starlight Citadel. I choose the vampires. The vampires. Ooh, ooh. I love vampires. Yeah, you do. You kidding me? You kidding me? And the final question I got for you. Do you think Merlin's magic is a match for Jamie's reality warping. If they were to go one to one. No. Or even Jim Jaspers. No. The fact that I don't Ooh, think what if Jamie and Jim teamed up? Jim and James. Jim and James. No, I don't. I don't. Jamie is cuckoo bananas. That's true. That guy is tapped. And he <laughs> And he's not gonna be kicked out of his castle. He no, he's not gonna be kicked out of his castle. And he I just feel like, okay, he birthed a freaking sword station. Birthed. He birthed it, and he made a new Betsy body. Like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think. I think. I, I think. Uh, didn't Sinister do that for him? Maybe, but maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Hellions number sixteen. Hellions. Speaking of, oh, Sinister, did you have any other overall thoughts on Excalibur? No, I loved it. It was great. Let's move on. Hellions, Hellions number sixteen. This is an interesting cover because I, why has he got all the Hellions in this scope? I love Grey Crow from this run. I love him. It's totally redefined the character. You love him. I love him. I mean, I love most of these characters. I don't yeah. like that Zeb is making me feel things for empath. I don't want that. <laughs> but I... Oh, 
but wild I, child. I, yeah. Ooh, I, love I, him so I care much. so much more about all of these characters than I ever would have mm. before this run. Good. It's that's so nice. good. It's that's a nice That's a nice thing. This cover is a little unsettling though, right? Yes, you know, this very unsettling. Going rogue and shooting up the whole team, even though he's really only after one. Yeah, it's a little much. Calm down, sir. All right, Hellions, let's dive in. Page turn noise. Our preview pages the preview from the other pages. day. I'm just going to come out and talk one first about the art. Okay, this book's art. The art is really on point in these X books, like across the board. I would agree, especially today. It's just like the layouts are so interesting. They're constantly innovating. I just like I love this. The this division image of panels, of the wild child's face is like it's divided, but it's one image. And I love that because it's strategic. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's like we want you to look at his eyes and then we want you to look at Kanan's hand. But we want you to also see the full picture. Yeah, I think that especially later on, the emotions that are captured in the facial expressions mm. That's a real standout for me it's in this really issue. It's really great. Because everybody's going through some stuff in this issue. Yeah. And it reads cleanly throughout. Yes. Yes. So we've got the aftermath of Havoc's explosion. Yeah. And he's struggling and with he's it. he's just, yeah. I'm, well, he didn't want to do it in the first place. And he really seems to have no, he really seems to have no memory of it. And then Empath. <laughs> Even Empath saying, though, like, we make a great team. Like, his face doesn't believe it. Right. Like, he's saying it, but he's not happy. And no. that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, the facial expressions are so important because there's such an underlying message. Even Conan's. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay, but now let's talk about Nanny for a yes. second. Because Nanny needs to chill. Why no. is she so mean to Peter in this issue? Yeah, all right. She needs to chill on Peter. But when she goes oh, to slice go, up Sinister, Sinister, I'm all like, for I'm it. I'm going to take his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love I'm, that. I'm surprised that none of them died. So you look at everything around them. You look at all the clone all the bodies are that dead. are dead. And none of them, like they all just have scratches on their uniforms. Nobody's even really bleeding. And I don't know if that's something that like you can't show people bleeding or no, there's been scratched blood. up. But, you know. Grey Crow like looks kidding, the most like, Literally Wolverine's guts were out. And that's like, true. That's true. Blood is everywhere. But our team is upset at the aftermath and Nanny is ready to just take Sinister's head. He laughed at Nanny. Isn't she small? <laughs> what? This really isn't necessary. Wait. Wait. Oh. Until she took him head and all. This and nursery I love rhymes. that it's in a nursery rhyme. Yeah, these murdery... <laughs> mercery rhymes? No. <laughs> Too much. Oh, man. But wait, the X-Men are here. The X-Men are here for one panel and one panel only. Well, at least Cyclops continues. Hold up, hold up. Looks like y'all need some help. There's the way he's laughing. Is everyone okay? Yeah. <laughs> great great so crowd losing it. He's lost his dang mind. No, we're not okay, dude. Title page, The Morning After. Come hurt with us. <laughs> Written by Zeb Wells, art by Steven Segovia, color art by Rain Barreto, and letters and production by VCs Ariana Maher. I wonder what the difference is. So that's Ariana was on the previous issue with just letters, and yeah, this is letters and production. Someone tell us. Yeah. I need the inside scoop. I actually read an interview with Ariana uh, a couple weeks ago that did talk about how She's been doing more of the the production elements and like the, the I'm sure back and it has forth. to do with like coordinating the overarching yeah like all how everything and ties the build together. of the issue yeah 
Emma. Looking fly as hell in oh, the healing heck gardens. Oh, yes, looking fly as hell. But also having a lot of feelings. Yeah. Having a lot of feelings about what has happened and her role in it. And right. I really like this, like, I think it it comes later. No, it's right before this, right? Isn't it? When is know. it? No, it's later when that she. Yep. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You guys know what I'm talking about, but we'll get there. I'm blown away by this reaction to Sinister from her. Mm. Like, I get it, but at the same time, anything goes, you know? When she's like, well, no, I don't think she's saying anything goes. She's just, because she says we have appearances to keep up. So that's like, send him back to his chamber and we'll deal with him privately. Uh, That's what I got out of it. Not like. I don't know. I Maybe, hopefully, but it seems as though. There's nothing really we can do about it because he's a council member. So I don't know, just the way because she used the word appearances and because she's been doing a lot of this stuff in the background under the table, so to speak. I feel like everything needs to look like it's fine and I'll deal with Sinister later. Mm-hmm. Greg Crow just being all sorts of upfront with his murdery intent. He's like, I'm basically I'm gonna kill you. So hey, I'm gonna kill you. Just wait for it. Hey, look at me, look at me, I'm gonna kill you. But then, but then Nanny, she's so mean to Peter. She's yeah. like, go away. I'm not your nanny anymore. I have another baby. Yeah. You're, and you're an older boy. away and cries. Everything is falling apart. As you said earlier. Yeah. Now, I've got questions about Hank. Because I don't really know. Is Hank is a Sinister clone? Hank is made by Sinister? Who the heck is Hank? Hank is Beast. What are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't there a Sinister clone or someone... That sinister made with an H name, Henry, Hank, Hera, Hera, Herbert, Hubert, Herman. There is. I don't know what you're talking about. This is Beast. The references to Terra Verde, the talks about just Hubert? what he has done. There's someone. Anyway, yeah. binge, binge reading has plopped things in my mind as mush. Beast coming to the realization that there was Beast, a backup plan Beast, for Sinister. Alicia, come on, get it together. You know, the fact that Emma always had a backup plan to take care of Sinister, but also that he's too terrible to really say anything about him. Mm-hmm. Does he actually care? Does Beast have feelings? Is he no, I reacting think to this? is reacting from a place of like, Emma, I'm supposed to be the one doing the things behind the scenes. I'm supposed to be the one with all the power. But you're not even on the council. Back out. Well, he, I, I mean, he thinks he would clearly be the right fit to replace Charles. So, yeah. yep. Oh, man, wild child. Oh, God, my heart. Felt so sad for him here. I understand what Psylocke is doing, continuing the, the natural separation that's happening, but it's it's sad. It's sad. She she white fangs him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you white fanging me right now? The fact that this team is splitting Go on, up. get. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that this team is splitting up over the course of what's likely going to be the next couple of issues is just going to make me hate it all but at yeah. the same time love it because it's it's great well i wonder where they all end up well we know that conan is going to the marauders team mm-hmm. and she's a captain now yep and she's a captain in this issue yes as we find out in the next page the line she's from like, i'm gonna leave cyclops of quan and leaving even though she just took the captain role so we know that this takes place after inferno yes and so that's the the idea that she was made a captain even though they're unsure of her allegiances with Sinister and, and how she's been playing in with the the threats of losing her daughter. I think yeah. it was kind of interesting. Yeah. 
She's just punching a wall. She's really mad. Yeah. This this felt well connected to all the characters, but I just feel like not a whole lot necessarily happened except for a couple points. Well, there's this was a just, lot to unpack yeah, after. No, I totally understand. It, this is more, it's a slower, more dealing with the yeah. ramifications. Last issue was huge. It mm-hmm. ended the arc that's been building for a couple of issues. And now we're going to react to it, set up a couple of small plot threads that are having yeah. been woven in throughout. But there's also a big one. Right. But that's been building in the background because we only have two issues left. Yeah. Wait, what? There's only two issues left of Hellions? Right. I don't like this. Now I'm upset. Conan flips, though, and rightfully so. This last line, I was tasked with keeping the Hellions in check. If only I'd known they also also tasked tasked another. another Page turn noise. (laughs) Emma Frost. Right. Well, so that's the empath reveal that he was tasked with some other motives of keeping the hellions in check oof just all of this just all of this page is so much right because okay when we were doing our live the other night and we were talking with powers of x-men power of x-men we were he was talking about how emma has a heart and she wouldn't just do something and not like she wouldn't want another mutant to hurt for no reason and i feel like she's really struggling with what she did here She's like, I this had to be done because we had to control Sinister. Yeah. But I had to do it in a way that really is really breaking havoc and is sort of starting to break empath. And, and Conan. Yeah. And so what I'm gonna do, Havoc, listen, I'm sorry that you had to go through this, but I'm gonna talk to the council about bringing back Madeline Pryor. So like Yeah. It's so okay. He is all sorts of distraught over the team and what happened, and then quickly shuts yes. up about it at the first mention of Madeline. All smiles. Just, oh, yeah, really? But this, timing-wise, is really interesting, too, because this is happening after the first issue of Inferno, and then we know she's going to come back in Inferno, right? Or that's the rumor? No, that is not the rumor. When does she come back? Hellion's number 18. Okay, JK. She comes back. I don't think Madeline's going to have anything to do with Inferno. Madeline had her Inferno. This is... A plot thread that's been building since the beginning of Hellions and the and then now through New Mutants, this idea of clones having an identity outside of mm. their original source. Well, anyway. Do we get some real emotion from Empath here? Yes. Well, first I just want to talk about this just this moment where Emma's like putting on her face as Havoc leaves and then she has like a solitary moment to herself and Empath says, having regrets. Yeah. And she but, I think she is a little. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. She just had to essentially kill Psylocke's daughter. Yeah. It's rough. For the good of Krakoa. Krakoa, yeah. Because she's taken over from the shadows. Because she is Emma, Emma, get it, get it, Emma, Emma, Frog. And even empath here, he's like, yeah, yeah, everything's cool. And then he leaves and just the pain in his eyes. I know. That's what I'm saying. This, you're not the only one. Our little deal cost me the only friends I have. Yeah. I couldn't care less. Greg Crow wants to murder me though. Yeah. These, these eyes, this last panel where his eyes just look so sad. So much emotion in those eyes. Because he, I mean, he has just been 
a terrible person his entire life and has likely never and not that they were or at least that I've read that they were really ever friends throughout this run because right. he kept on well, I think doing he things. Thought that he was building a friendship and everyone else was like, dude, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. We're going to keep you on know? killing you. Oh, great crow. Mm-hmm. This page. This page is exactly why I'm loving him. His anger over empath manipulating the team, his affection for Psylocke. He loves her. He is so much. He is going to go to the cradles and melt them down, deleting empath. All of them. Which we know he can do because anyone can get to them, apparently. Because there's no security. There's just they're anywhere and you can just walk right in. They'll throw you in the hole. They will. And, and I'll, I'll laugh, laugh the all whole the way, way down. down. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, his face. I mean, that's that's a big plot thread that's going to continue. And then this one, obviously. Nanny. Okay, so wait, what? Yeah, this. So this is all wait, new information. What? This is all new information. Like, so that's what I was Nanny's name. It? First time we've ever heard that her name is Eleanor. Eleanor. First time I knew that she had a body outside that egg. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen the at least just egg shape when when she was resurrected outside of the suit. Yeah. But it's still an egg, so yeah. it's like, would you just put a metal egg over your your regular egg? I don't, I don't know. know, but I don't know that group that she stole the baby from. They were always called the right. Yep, and they are the right from X Factor, like the original run. So Cameron Hodge. So she's connected to them. Yep, that's huge. Yep, I mean she was connected to them at least. Well, it seems like her and this dude were a thing. Right back in the day. Now they're not. And because she left for her own individuality, her own freedom, and to keep on nannying. Nanny going nanny. Yeah. And then he tries, well, he rockets the baby back to them. Yeah. But nanny, this whole thing about him being like, I'm going to take all the babies now. Yeah. So Harold takes over the ship and starts to fly it into the orphanage at the bower from Way of X, which I love that as a little nod. Yes. What are you doing? Taking my job seriously. Nanny, with the ultimate potential sacrifice as she's trying to to really care for the mutant children. Yeah. She just explodes herself. Because because it's going to look like she drove her ship into all of these kids and and killed them all. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Orphan maker. I mean, this this is her dealing with a lot of stuff. And she even says it in the quote afterwards. This is her dealing with all this stuff and then happening at the wrong time and pushing and pushing and pushing away of Peter. But he, her ship exploded and he goes to save her and she's like, get off me, get away from me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's upset that her child was just stolen. Okay, but. I'm not, I don't agree with her. Yeah, she's totally rude and she is likely going to unleash Orphan Maker's mutant power, which we've only seen described as something terrible catastrophic right that's gonna end everything this this quote in my sorrow i broke the boy but i had no idea what he'd do done 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 which is the tease for next issue because the krakoan is is not as descriptive as that is that is the krakoan firestorm isn't there a mutant named firestorm there's a dc character named firestorm oh my god shame shame So but sorry. <laughs> in the image, we see Orphan Maker with the baby. Oh, no. The, How the, did he get the baby? I mean, it, it just rocketed. It's somewhere on Krakoa, I'd assume. Oof. 
think they can't fly, but they are coming towards Krakoa. Whew. Yeah, see, that was a really good issue. So no, I agree. This whole week was really good. I totally agree, which I'm All excited about. All top-notch issues going on. Normally, I put Hellions last in the reading order just on site because it's Hellions. Because it's Hellions. But the last issue is huge, a big ending, a lot of building that plot. And I get why this issue was a little quieter. We needed to unpack those moments. Mm-hmm. I just... I did really enjoy it that we got to check in with everyone. Yep. I just, I really enjoyed the building plot that's continuing to build in New Mutants that we'll get to next. Agreed. I care so much more about all these characters, as I've said, except for Empath. Damn you, Zeb. Except for Empath. But don't soon you, you'll care for him. Don't you make me feel things about Emmanuel. Feel things. It makes me worried about some of these characters and where they'll go next. This did feel like it was continuing to signal towards the end it's slowing down and serving up these last few plots that Mm -hmm. are in the the background that have been building i'm just i'm overall i'm sad about it you know yeah who do you feel the saddest about in this issue like whose pain hits the hardest for you i think it's like a trifecta of havoc empath and emma of that realization of not quantum well no because yes she lost her daughter but they're the cause Mm -hmm. of why that happened and especially like that they know that that they know that they had to force that sacrifice to happen in order for the quote-unquote greater good i think losing your child is one thing but taking a child from someone who you care about is another thing yeah and that feels heavier yeah i think it i I would agree Havoc is definitely... I I feel like Empath is making a breakthrough into feeling something. I don't know if he's he's the saddest of them all. I think he's just realizing how much of a turd he's been his entire life. No, but I just feel like all of those three are very connected in the the thing that they did. Poor wild child, too. Uh, Yeah. Oh, God. It's so sad. He just wants to be friends. He just wants to be friends. So what what are your thoughts about Sinister's treatment here? I I think that you argued that that, that it's not necessarily he's getting a free pass. He's just we're going to deal with this later on. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot to deal with in terms of Sinister. Yeah. But also at the same time, they can't, to Beast's point in the data page, he's the guy that builds the genetic makeup of everyone. We can't just get rid of him. We hinge it. We need him. Right. Which so that's why I think Emma is like, need. we'll deal with this later. Right. You know? Can Tarn just take over his role? But even then, oh, I don't no, trust Tarn more. Dish, yeah, that's right. worse, I think. Why do you think Emma wants to have Maddie resurrected? Is that just to to soothe Havoc? Or is that to stir some stuff between Jean? Is that... I don't think Emma... I mean, yeah, I think Emma and Jean have had their little, like, you know underhanded comments to each other back and forth but i don't see that they have a deep disagreement disagreement between them in this stage of the comics yeah i don't really know enough about what happened like in matt like when she died and and where she was at with her relationships with people i think it's more about one making good on what she had to do to Havoc to like kind of soothe smooth over that situation. Mm -hmm. And two, I think that it's kind of a power move against Charles and Magneto saying like, we're doing this. 
we're doing this. You all are being ridiculous with your I talk to the silly five. little rules. I and... said I talked to the council. I really just talked to the five. Yeah. That's what it feels more like to me. Any other big thoughts about Hellions? I mean, I'm sad that it's ending. Yeah. This, this I feel like, is not coming back. Just in terms of the fact that Zeb is moving to Spider-Man books. And he's, he's part of the main team of now Spider-Man books. The fact that Kanan is moving over to marauders sinister yeah. is on the outs and probably won't have a team going forward because Sinister's he can't be trusted gonna be like put in a little bubble and to be like sit here and yeah. make the, the things just make keep the genes but also can't we just take all the genes from him no because he'll do something yeah and there's He's always there's, gonna be doing something there's so many of them it's my birthday it's my birthday all right we've got one more New Mutants number 22. I love all these covers. Yeah, this is Martin Simmons, keep them coming. Yeah. It's it's unique, but also it fits in the style of Rod Reese's art throughout. Honestly, this, the art in this book in particular is yeah. freaking incredible. Yeah, it is. I will hang all of it on my wall. That's Honestly, I felt that too. Some of these pages, even the, the preview pages, I thought were some of the more beautiful pages. They're so good. I just love the style. And just the, the the silhouette aesthetic and this battling within the mind of the shadow the layers, king. The layers. Yeah. There's so many layers. You know I love layers. Love layers. Here we go. Let's get into it. New Mutants number 22. Page turn noise. All sorts of carnage and destruction. Beautiful carnage. Yeah. It's just like literally everything. Yeah. Everything's the Burning cerebro you. helmet. The dead bodies everywhere. The Krakoa's fire. is on fire. Yeah, this Nimrod, is Nimrod. Sentinels. This is the inferno we thought we were getting last week. Yeah. This page, though, this this was the preview page. That honestly, it's the second page. I almost wanted to post it as the first page because it's just such it's a cool. So good, and it's like all of them in every their threat. in their little bubbles, all the threats coming at them, and then these and then, individual bubbles. Yeah. It's it's all of the terrible threats, and then some aim troopers, and then a couple aim guys. But, you know, all of them each in their individual bubbles now, Fighting taking something, getting getting destroyed. And then the background of this entire page is Shadow King's face. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing because without having to read anything, you look at the first page and you go, wait, what? You look at the second page and you're like, how is this what? happening right now? Then you look at the third page and you first focus on all the individual battles, but then you see his face in the background and you know he's putting this all in their heads and it makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just the images alone tell you so much about the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This Rod Reese, we were talking about it before. He's killing it throughout this book and title. And I really hope we see him on something after the Winter Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Which is what I've started calling the X Lives and X. The Winter Wolverines. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna say all that. Winter Wolverines. That's what it is. Okay. Saddle page. Hard lessons. Shadows and mirrors. Written by Vita Ayala. Art by Rod Reese. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Chilling at the Snicked House. The Snicked Gang. 
these new new mutants the new news they're ready to apologize to yeah, gabby but they're nervous as they come to gabby to apologize rightfully I mean, so yeah that and that's a real feeling that kids have in a friendship or anybody has in a friendship when you wrong a friend yeah you want to make it right but you're afraid they're not going to accept your apology they completely ignored her concerns just flat out ignored Jonathan, i love that she's eating just eating a sandwich and she's like oh hey Sup, yeah. guys? Yeah, sure. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan the Wolverine is the lovable attack dog we all need in our lives. <laughs> but shout out to Gabby for how quickly she forgives this group. You know, I think they realized the error in their ways and really went to bat for her when she showed up yeah. dead and, and trying to break into Arbor Magna and resurrect her. But she like, you know, she processes and appreciates all of that. She's yeah. like, yeah, you guys, you guys definitely did Back me, me dirty, but... Then when it all went down, you were the ones who were there for me. Yeah, you were there. And so, friends love friends. And they're gonna go tell Shadow King off. They're yeah. gonna tell him, "Hey, we we agree with Gabby. We don't like you." Yeah. And they think that that's gonna be an easy go conversation. Over real smooth. Yeah, we're yeah, just gonna we're go. Just gonna be, we're just gonna go break up with Shadow. Break up King. with Shadow King. Hey, Amal, it's not you. Actually, yes, it is. It's you. We're it's done. not us. It's you. Peace out. Speaking of the Shadow King, I love this coloring effect. This, it, it reminds me of the Otherworld issue. Mm-hmm. Having the New Mutants devoid of color as the Shadow King and everything in his mind. The, the Cairo market is yes. all colored in things and, and is continually shifting as he goes because it's all it's all made up by him. This whole interaction is yeah. just so amazing and intense of like, you came to me. Like, yeah, you're not my prisoners. You showed up. Let's what? get it. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about coloring effects? Him being all shadow except his creepy smile in the corner. So creepy. Ooh. I found myself. All right. So through this. I found myself almost wanting to believe him as he's talking about his intentions, right? So he, it hits on a lot of the worries of other characters becoming soft, not mm-hmm. not building themselves up as the apex predators that they're supposed to be, and being ready for the impending destruction that the humans will throw at them. Here's what I want to know. Yep. Why does he know all of the threats? That people are supposedly not really supposed to know about. Right, about he Nimrod. knows about all the things Moira knows. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like he his fears of like the humans and technology taking over and all these things that happen in Moira's other lives, that's what he's afraid of. Mm-hmm. And how does he know if no one's supposed to know, how does he know? Where's he getting these fears from? Well, I mean, he is a telepathic entity he is a a, lives on the astral plane he has been entangled with xavier so he might know the things that xavier knows that's just like that's something i want fleshed out yeah like because we know all these things as a reader because we are omniscient we see it all yeah but he should he shouldn't know so why does he know i love this apocalypse reference as he's yes. calling out the similarity and approach, but also throwing him under the bus for leaving us when he got what he wanted. Yeah, he got his wife and now he's out. Right. 
And here's the thing that's also interesting to me is, you know, you take someone like, okay, you think about, think about Charles and Magneto and then think about Shadow King. Theoretically, they're both saying the same things. We need to prepare for the inevitable and we need to be the ones who take charge of it. And, but when you look at what, but like the books, looking at it from Charles and Magneto's perspective is like, they're doing the right thing. And then Shadow King is doing the wrong thing. But he's just trying his he's argument just doing it is in a that different way. he's just trying to train people right. to be able to take down these things, and he's coming at it from a perspective of this needs to be much more serious. We need to take this much more seriously. And it needs to be our top priority, not building our economy, not building yes. our nation state. It's building our army, which is like kind of right. That's where I'm wondering: like, is he connected to someone else mm. that we're not seeing? Because he's very like. He's very what knowledgeable. What makes him, one, so knowledgeable, and two, so passionate about the overarching Krakoan like, empire, essentially? Like, yeah. Why does he care so much about all of the mutants and not just about himself? Because he's a carer of people. Oh. He loves people. Interesting. And I also like that, or, or find it interesting, that, you know chimeras are in this world like in this timeline they're just kind of starting like sinister's playing with that but he and and everybody's doing this like mutant technology thing but he's really pushing like how yeah. can you use your powers together yeah and so again why does he know that that's a strong point i don't know yeah no, where's he a, getting that information i don't have an answer no i, I know i think just, it might be through charles and through the astral plane but that's that's the best answer i have data page lots of interesting details about the the struggle of amal and the shadow which mm. i love calling him that from now on the right. shadow but i i mean so the boy and the shadow are amal and the shadow yep. like essence that makes him the shadow king but who's the girl storm oh at least in some of this i think some of this is Storm, and it's referencing the interaction between Xavier. So the girl picks the right pocket, another one like them, a mutant as they call themselves now. Oh, right, because she was working for him for a while before in Cairo. she... Okay. And then the interaction between Xavier and Shadow King is one of the first things, one of the first times that Xavier meets another mutant that has incredible power. Ah. And so, and, and maybe it was even after Moira that he met the Shadow King. Interesting. Because especially now that we have that reveal and they fought on the astral plane. Oh. And so, and I think there might be some references to Karma here as well, who has another strong right, because, connection point right, to she was held captive by him for a little while. Yeah. The loss of the boy's innocence. Oof. Yeah, we have uh, a quick... Counsel with the wise and powerful Jonathan and, and Gabby joins in Gabby's on the Gabby's like, you know what? I don't need to do this. I don't need to leave my friends. I can do it. I'm going to stay. Face the shadow king. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And they're all going to go together. Hey, wait up, guys. Let's go. We're doing well, this together. We're going to take a long walk off a short pier, which I thought was a funny little. Yes. What does that mean? You know? I don't know. I just heard Wolverine say it once. You know what that means, right? Like. Drown yourself, yeah, basically. Just <laughs> go kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, God. And then... Danny for quiet counsel. Danny for the win. But also, there's a lot of truth to what Shadow King is saying. His yeah. approach is a little off, but his worries are spot on. Exactly. 
I really like the points that they and, and Vita through the characters are bringing up here. This argument of predator and prey, the weak versus the strong, mm -hmm. the outline page where all the premonitions, ooh, oh God. chef's kiss. Oof. Yeah. And, and then followed by the pages afterwards. So good. Just these battles, this, this pickup of the potential of the brood uprising, seeing it here just makes me want it to actually happen in the it's comics. It's just insane. Like the the art is so good. It's right. so telling. It's like these are all the things inside the Shadow King's head. But then you look at them and you're like, why does he know these things? Why does he see? I mean, things? I mean, those are regular this, sentinels. Some of these things are not things outside of something that you would yeah. know just by being a mutant and living in. You know, the really the. The only one that I would call out is Nimrod and the Omega Sentinel. The Omega Sentinel, yeah. And yeah. the Omega Sentinel in that style. Yeah. With the red head and the Sentinels all around them. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, the brood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, these pages. Oof. All of these pages just like. Oh. Murdered everyone. It's just so good. And it's also like, you know, interesting if you see, if you think about the fact that they're really talking about this struggle between the boy and the shadow and the way that, you know, you're like, okay, Shadow King is going hard with what he's doing. He's really pushing it. He, you know, he kills Gabby because she was trying to stop the friends from making his things happen, yeah. you know, but if you think about it, if this is what lives inside his head, mm -hmm. if this is what he's seeing because it was like he doesn't sleep, like if this is what he's seeing instead of sleeping, you almost can understand yeah. why. Why he's because doing it. Because this needs is to. all he thinks about. Right. He needs to stop this from happening. Which is why I think it's the connection through the astral plane and through his intertwinement with Xavier that is feeding his knowledge of what is potentially happening. Is that it's it's almost subconscious that he can't control what he's thinking and feeling. I about. wonder if there's like, these are also, or then, and I think this is essentially what you're saying, but like, these are Charles's fears. Right. And so he's because of the connection to the shadow, like the fears are amplified within him and his mind. Right. And, and so is this Amal freaking out because of the shadows knowledge? Is this, I feel like it is. Right. I feel like, especially in those panels where you were saying the way that he was drawn as the shadow and then you only see his face, but then there's the other couple panels below that where he's like in that little like tan gold robe and he is talking a little bit more intellectually like, yeah, about yeah, the problem. Like yeah. he's, he's, there's, there's this interesting balance between the two and, I think the shadow influences Amal's decision making, but I feel like there's a, a sort of a resurfacing. Granted, I don't really know Shadow King, but what I'm getting at is that like this age or this narrative is allowing Amal himself to resurface a little bit more and be working a little bit more intent. Like it kind of feels like a Venom situation, like mm. an Eddie Brock Venom situation. Yeah. I mean, I will say the storyline that we know influences or at least is definitely canon is a story a couple years ago of when xavier was trapped in the astral plane for years even magnified because being in the astral plane at the mercy of the shadow king interesting and he comes back and takes over phantom x's body and is called x for a little while and that's why hickman has confirmed or said that that's why he never takes his helmet off in the beginning 
before he dies in X-Force because he wouldn't actually look like Xavier. He would look right. like this other body being inhabited by Xavier. So is that where he's getting this, this impression? Is that where there's know. some influence? It's crazy. New, new to the rescue. Wait, strategies and tactics. Oh, yeah. All these. Stra- yeah, strategies and tactics. I mean, it's basically like those are the different scenarios. We It's like intense combat training back to back to back to back to back. These are happening in the Shadow King's mind, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that they're happening in everybody's mind. Like the Shadow King is playing these tactic, these scenarios in everybody's mind. That's how he's training them. It's like a, a cerebral danger room. It's like deadly genesis right we're gonna we're gonna train for months in over a couple of days in your head yeah new new to the rescue (laughs) there they are they're coming in hot something's not right i hear screams what do we do the storm this coloring this feels like a horror yeah they're going to the big bad's castle and a psychic shockwave knocking out a bunch of them Oh, and that last page. That oh, last I just got page. goosebumps. That last page. Because if you see this and you see all the new mutants around, you will all learn. If I'm the new new mutants and I see this, I'm like, oh no, I need to take down the Shadow King. Right. But at the same time, if you're reading his argument, if you're reading what he's saying. You're like, is the Shadow King doing what needs to be done? Right. Do I join in? Yikes. What's that Krakoan say? All Fall of the Shadow Children. Oh no. Right. Which, look at these little baby doll faces. Oh, no. Creepy little babies. That's horrific. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great issue. I can't wait for the next issue. I'm really enjoying the story, especially with all the other character arcs that we've had as this builds. Mm -hmm. This has been the building arc spine of Vita's run as we've had, you know, this otherworld jaunt, this warpath having some characterization, Brew having something yeah. to do in the background, the the school element. I think it's all gonna start to fold back in too, right? Right, which is really interesting because even now we're getting that that cross use of power that they, the New Mutants team, was training in, but the way that the Shadow King was training in was next level. How do we yeah. inhabit other people's bodies, which is something that they've never tried outside of Proteus, mm-hmm. who does that as part of his power. He takes over people's bodies. Which, uh, ooh, he's the big bad, but he's doing things for a reason that he yeah. believes is just. And uh, mm, I find I, myself yeah, like, I hey, am like, ooh, dang. A couple issues ago, I was like, hey, Shadow King's a bad guy. We need to take down the Shadow King. At the end of this, I'm like, is for he? me, it's not that he's not a bad guy. It's just that I think that there's more to his story. Like, yeah, there's more to his motivations. There's more to. He's doing something for somewhat of a right reason. It's just the way that he's going about it right. is causing alarms. And he's historically point, a bad like guy. Like if he was to go to the council and say, hey, I think we need to do this. Hey, so Nimrod's coming and so are, you know, Moira's alive. <laughs> yeah, so Moira's alive. And um, I think like he wouldn't, he wouldn't get the help that he needs to make it happen. So he knows that and he needs to do it on his own. I mean, the the only question that I had for this one is, is there some value in what Shadow King is trying to teach the new mutants? Yes, I do think there is. Right. And I think it, it really, like you said, it ties into this overarching sentiment that's been going on that Krakoa is making people soft. It's making the mutants think that they're safe and that they're, and that they're not training in the way that they were before. And I think the new mutants especially 
realize that. And that's why I think it's an interesting tie-in of like they maybe after this they will change how they're training the children, mm. you know, like and and maybe that's why he's trying to connect with them because he's like, I can't get what I need from the council and you all have this responsibility of training the next, the next generation, generation yeah. of mutants and we need to be training them vigorously and we need to be training them to defeat all of these things that are going to come at us that we can't we can't defeat them as a regular team we can't defeat them as a bunch of individual mutants especially if we're not training especially if we're not yeah making that war college bishop the fact that bishop's still on the marauders and not making that war college i I was upset i was kind of upset and and what you're gonna put two captains on the marauder which all right is that mean that it's got some more it's already had some pretty big influence but yeah. yeah all that was, right that was a great week that was a great week of comics great what a way comics. to kick off our venture to comic-con yeah well what are we what is the next what are next week's issues x-force number 24 and x-men number four Ooh. i feel like we just had x-men but x-men number four is our halloween issue Ooh, i love halloween our headless issue. horseman can't wait yeah Oh wow! So just two, just a twosie, a doozy twosie, maybe. I think so. Hopefully. Hopefully, and then we'll plus Marvel Unlimited, and maybe, maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh, Age of Apocalypse story that I was talking Ooh. about. If you want to check that out. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, you know, you'll be hearing from us in some capacity from Comic Con, so make sure you're tuning into our Instagram, or if you're on our Patreon, maybe there'll be a little something something for you there. Boom. Um. And we'll probably do an episode of some kind. Yeah, we haven't really planned it or talked about it. We have like I some, have some ideas. ideas. Yeah. I've got some ideas. Um, look at me planning. Hey, love um, it. Love it. All right. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 